Welcome to Jab, Cross, Hook, a fan-sided fight show with your hosts, Ian McMillan, Amy Kaplan, and Reed Wallach. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Jab, Cross, Hook. It is myself, Ian McMillan, Reed Wallach, Amy Kaplan back for the third edition of the show for this week's uh, UFC, what is it, Vegas 49 uh, Islam Makhichev against Bobby Green in the main event. Welcome back, Amy. Welcome back, Reed. Uh, I've been on vacation this week. I'll be honest about that. So my brain is a little bit scattered here, but it's good to see you two uh, again this week. Reed, let's, I mean, let's start off right away. You are now 2 0. You win yeah, well, for the yeah, second just- straight week. This time you were the true champion because there's no guest that technically beat you. <laughs> it was just us three last week. So uh, you won. Congratulations. You are now the two-time defending champ. How do you feel? I feel good. You know, building up a little bit of a buffer for, you know, just as this thing goes on, start to give myself a little cushion. And I'm just happy you could join us, you know, coming off vacation. I don't know where you've been. You don't have any tan or anything, you know, just like really looks like as if anything, you've just relaxed this entire time. But it's always great to see you. And Amy, hello. How are you? I know Amy was Amy was in the crowd last week, so she really has you know some actual stuff to talk about. In again, it looks like you were kind of just chilling on your vacation. Yeah, we are going to get to that, but yeah, it, I did the exact opposite of tan. The first two days of my vacation, I did not leave my room, uh, and I just played uh, games on my PC for two days straight days. So uh, my brain is still slowly turning back into an actual human brain because it's been shut off for forty eight hours. Uh, but really quick, do want to point out the results of everyone last week. I went one and two for minus point five units. Uh, shout out to my guy Jim Miller getting me my one and only win. Uh, Amy went one and two for minus one point six units and read. The winner, two and one plus one point two eight five units. Pretty uh, solid week there for you, Reed. Congratulations! Thank you. Um, no, uh, no guest this week. It is just going to be the three of us this week. Our guest did have to back out there last second. They had something come up, so we will. Uh, it'll just be the three of us this week, uh, but we will get our guest on again, uh, hopefully sometime in the near future. But it is it has turned into the weekly tradition. Really quick, guys, what are we all drinking tonight? Amy, I'm going to start with you. Well, I told you guys off camera that I have a story about why I'm drinking only iced tea tonight because I'm high on meds because I had a very tough fall yesterday in the rain. It rained in Vegas. It hasn't rained in Vegas in like months. Everything was slippery. Went face first. Literally thought I broke my nose. Nose is totally fine. Have a sprained ankle and a fractured wrist. I just took my splint off because it was hurting too bad. So now I'm going no splint. But I'm good. I'm here. But I don't want to mix alcohol with like all the other stuff they have me on. No, you're gutting it out. I'm I'm glad you're okay, though. But gutting it out. The the show must go on. Yes. And I just came from media day. So that was another trial. I had to park my car, unload all my stuff, go park my car again. It was it was a it was a day. I will I will allow you to not drink alcohol uh, this time. I think that's a fair excuse. I don't know if that's going to give you an advantage or a disadvantage uh, (laughs) tonight. We'll see. Uh, Reed, what are you drinking? Yeah, so Ian, I was in the bodega as always. I, you know, asked my guy the Rex for it, and he did mention a Canadian beer, so I went with that. Uh, Labat, did I say it right? Labat, 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 Labat Blue, uh, Blue Canadian Pilsner, of course. First try. Again, that just rock it. solid. I'm just churning out rock solid Pilsners. This one, not as good as last week's. I don't even remember what I did last week, but that one's a little more. I don't know, a little more bland. Now, uh, you Canadians, you talk, you talk bad about American beer. Labat, eh. I hope no, no sponsors uh, are watching, but yeah, no, I will say I, I, I am a bit of a beer snob. Uh, admittedly, um, I've never been a blue guy. Uh, there's a very specific person back home that that drinks Labat Blue, and that that person is not me. But at the end of the day, the best beer is a cold beer. So, okay, um, I'm actually drinking the uh, exact same thing I drank last week. Uh, a little Bronx Brewery World Gone Hazy IPA. Um, I probably should change it up because I didn't have a winning week and I got to change things up. But this is the beer I had. I'm, a, I'm in a little bit of a tizzy with being on vacation. So I just grabbed whatever mm-hmm. was there in the fridge. But maybe I'll next time I go home to Canada, I'm going to bring back some real good Canadian beer. And then I'm going to go on a hot streak in the show as, as a result of that. So <laughs> got that to look forward to really quick. Let's talk some UFC this past weekend. Uh, main event fight. Jamal Hill knocked out Johnny Walker. Uh, I was on Johnny Walker. That ended uh, very quick. Uh, Amy, do you have any uh, reactions? You were there. Kind of what are your thoughts on the card as a whole? I mean, the card as a whole turned out to be a lot better than I think it looked on paper, which is always good. The crowd was good. I know that, you know, when I say crowd, I'm talking about Apex crowd. There's probably 100, 200 people there max. But I can tell when there's 
a different sometimes you know we go into the apex and it's like vip and it's like just people mm-hmm. that dana invited or sponsors or whatever and it's not the same as when there's a crowd that paid for a ticket to get in there they don't right. always have paid tickets but i felt like and i could be wrong but it felt like they were paid ticket holders because it felt like a good fight card like you know the energy was really thick good the sound of johnny walker hitting the canvas just yeah i mean i and knew he got, he got rocked yeah, like, he got absolutely clapped. I knew. I saw, I saw people say that, that it was staged, which is always such a stew. I hate it when when people do that. Like you can tell when a fight might be fixed when a guy gets knocked out like that. Like yeah. not even a chance that fight was fixed, and he definitely didn't like uh, t- uh, like uh, purposely lose. That was that was nasty. Yeah, I that was one of the more brutal ones. Doing that, I could never see him taking a fight on purpose. No, no, no. no. I mean, you, Amy, you were talking about how at media day he looked so you know, locked in, lasered in, you know, great training camp. You, know, you can't, sometimes I feel like it's overrated. Like, you know, guys could come in and train really hard and be prepared. You know, God, Jamal Hill has a crazy power. You know, you just get knocked out. It happens, right? Like, so I feel like that stuff, I, I never buy that stuff either, Ian. But, I mean, any other takeaways, Amy, from the card as a whole? I agree with you, though. It was a, definitely more entertaining. I, I didn't watch it live. I went back and watched uh, Monday. And I was definitely more impressed with the action than I think the card was given credit for before. Yeah. And I think we had that really nice big moment for Jim Miller. Um, it really made it feel like his card, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we all, I mean, even interviewing him backstage, he just was, it felt like he just, I don't know. It's almost like he hit his prime, but it's so crazy to think that he's hitting his prime. Like he just, it just felt like, we're seeing the best Jim Miller possible. It was just, it was really moving to hear him talk to just about his career and life. Yeah. Jim Miller's success never came from like uh, his athletic ability or his explosiveness or his strength. His success has always been, he's just a game fighter and he's technically sound on his, uh, on his feet, on the ground. He's just so technically sound that those kind of guys um, I find can fight for a lot longer than guys who kind of rely on their athleticism and their explosiveness and their strength because technique doesn't go away. Those kind of natural attributes do kind of fade off as time goes on. But Jim Miller's still technically um, a very strong fighter. It was so disrespectful that he was an underdog last week. So uh, I'm, I'm happy I, I got on him. I'm happy that I got him in the draft. Uh, when are we going to get fights – is there any indication I haven't looked into this? When are fights going to return to like actual venues in actual cities? Remember before the pandemic, like there'd be it'd be like uh, in Austin one week and like Minnesota the next. They'd be jumping all over the globe. Now it's like I'm sick of the Apex Center. Do we know when we're done with the Apex Center, or is this Soon. just going to be a permanent thing? Well, there's Columbus. Soon. That'll be the first one. Oh, um, okay. You know, and I'm going to be. I'm going to be the odd man out on this. I love when they're at Apex because I can just walk down the street. You know, right. to, I don't yeah. want to have to go on the plane. To to Amy's convenience, it's great yeah. that the Apex is yes. still a thing. Yeah. We need to keep it around for Amy. The Apex. Um, but I do think that they've realized that there's a lot to gain from being at the Apex. It's it's cheaper. It's easier for, for UFC, not just for me. Um, and I think that they, they probably will reduce going out on the – the road, even when it's fine to go back out on the road, that's kind of the way it sounds like anytime Dana talks about it and then kind of keep the bigger cards to be the ones that are on the road, which I think is kind of smart. And I know it's not the best for fans because fans want to go see it, but it's, it just, it almost bring it almost makes like an exclusivity to those ones that go out on the road because there's so many fights. There's a fight every weekend. And yes, the fans only get that one card a year in their own city, but if there's so many cards, it's like, I don't know. I mm-hmm. feel like if there's only so many that go on the road. It just makes it even better. And it's like, oh, I got to see UFC in person. Whereas, I don't know. I just like, I like it the way it is. Hope it stays up. Now, when he says uh, big fights will go on the road, does he mean only pay-per-views or pay-per-view, are there going to be yeah. like fight nights? Are, is the one in Columbus, is that pay-per-view or is that a fight? No, night? that's a fight night. So they probably still will do some, but it probably won't be like every weekend like they were doing before. Right. They're going to take advantage of that apex. They they really got that apex at the exact right time. And I think they realized, wow, we can do a lot more with it than what we had envisioned for it. And why not take advantage of it? You know, 
I'd be fine with kind of the the really weak cards being at the apex. Like may, maybe this weekend's card, which isn't a banger, being at the apex. But also the reason why I like the fight night cards being on the road because so, some of the smaller cities, uh, like my home city, Nova Scotia, Halifax, they're never going to get a no pay per view is going to Halifax, mm. Nova Scotia. But if they have a decent fight night card, that place will sell out and it will be rocking. Um, so I do hope they take some kind of uh, fight nights on the road, but I, it makes sense that kind of the the weaker cards would stay at Apex. Uh, but Reed, I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, I just think as it seems like the UFC is trying to put out a show every week, it makes it total sense from a business perspective to at least run the Apex every so often because, like Amy said, it is convenient, not just for her, for the business. It, it is convenient. They could put on a show pretty easily compared to going to Columbus for a fight night card. Of course, the pay-per-views are going to go to bigger venues, but – when they're trying to throw together a card, like you said, Ian, I think it makes sense for the Apex to exist. And I honestly kind of like the smaller cage. I feel like it's it's almost like a, a home field advantage type thing to certain fighters. It's a cool little twist that they go um, with the smaller cage, makes it a little bit more favorable for some fighters more or less favorable for others. So I kind of like that twist at the Apex rather than other places. Uh, so moving on, I do want to go back to this past weekend's uh, specifically the main event because Johnny Walker, he's a guy who I was very high on. I drafted him last week, uh, a guy I've been high on for his entire career. But now he's one in four in his last five fights. What is is there something wrong with Johnny Walker? Is he just getting handed guys that might be a little bit too uh, above him in terms of skill level? Does he need to go back and kind of rebuild with some lower level competition? What's what's the issue here? Amy, I'm going to start with you. I mean, I think that he had sort of a, not to the same level, but he has a little bit of the Conor McGregor effect and that he was so good right away and so showy and flashy and fun that Mm. that overpowered his actual skill and he got lucky a lot. And when that mystique was broken, he became easier to beat because people didn't, so what it's like it happened already you know it's like he didn't have that same mystique and fear and 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 oh my gosh what's he gonna do so i think he needs to try and get that back and i don't know if that's possible once it's got like once it's been broken if it's possible to get that kind of like aura going around him again but i think definitely and this is no um diss to his his camp but i think he needs to be in a different camp i think he's too distracted with what's going on outside of the cage. Um, I think he just really needs to hunker down and maybe like have a come to Jesus moment and say, this is what's, what's going on. What's wrong. Let's fix it. And, and go in there and be humble about it. too. I think he might need to realize that he's got stuff to learn still. Yeah. I mean, you look at it one and four in his last uh, five fights and the one win over Ryan spam was, a back and forth wild firefight almost got knocked out also. So could easily be 0 five. Just it's a pretty weak division. So it's easy for him to get back into it. But like Amy said, there's just a lot of holes in Johnny Walker's game that isn't necessarily just going to like click. And I just think that sure. He's flashy. Sure. He, I guess he's more of like a lightning rod and the UFC loves personalities like that, but you got to win. You know, like, like when you're not winning, it's tough to really back. And that, that's why I wasn't really interested in last week's uh, fight from either side, because it seemed like two guys just going in different directions. Jawal Hill trying to kind of move up the class while Johnny Walker was trying to hold himself in this middle tier. So, yeah, Johnny Walker definitely on the decline. I think he's talented. He can get himself back into it, but I think maybe changing campus for the best. I'm not all too sure what's going on behind the scenes with him. Amy would be more in tune with that. Yeah, I think my kind of thing with Johnny Walker, and I think this is something that happens with some UFC fighters, is that they're too good, too quick in their career. Uh, he's only 29. Because you look, yeah, his first three fights in the UFC were all highlight real knockouts. And when you start your UFC career with three wins, all being highlight career knockouts uh, or highlight real knockouts, they're going to like, like fast forward your career. Yeah. He had three fights, and all of a sudden he was fighting Corey Anderson, who I know he's not in the UFC anymore, but still now and at the time is one of the better that light heavyweights in the world. So there was no messing around with Johnny Walker. And then after that, he got uh, Nikita Krylov, uh, Tiago Santos, Jamal Hill. He's been given some tough fights. So it's almost like as if he was given, I think too much too early. I think now with these kind of guys, you kind of need to reset, take a step back. He still has a lot of years left. Give him, 
guys who aren't the big name guys. Don't give him a Tiago Santos or Jamal Hill anymore. Let him kind of climb back up through the rankings, get his confidence back. Cause that's probably a big thing that's going on with him now too. So uh, it's probably not, not, not the most polite term to use, but give him some tomato cans, give him some bums, yeah. do, do what box boxing does and let a guy kind of like get his momentum back get his confidence back a few easy fights. Uh, and I, I think he still has a lot of uh, enough time left in his career to turn things around. And I mean, who is the light heavyweight champion uh, right now? Glover Teixeira. I just He's to say what? that. Jan Wojovich also. 85 years old? Like. Yeah, no. Wojovich and Teixeira had, like, late career. They're, uh, Wojovich right. must be 35, I think. Teixeira's over 40. I mean, these guys are older. His career isn't over necessarily. Excellent point by Ian. Right. So just take some time. Take a step back. Fight some easier fights. Maybe move to a new camp. I'm not too sure about that. I don't know the, the details behind that, but... Kind of have a mental reset and kind of yeah. go at it again because I think you just handed too much too quick. But that's what happens when you have three highlight real knockouts in your first three UFC fights. Um, but the winner of that fight, Jamal Hill, what happens with him next? Is he getting close to a title fight? Is he two fights away, one fight away? Uh, any thoughts on that, Amy? I mean, I think he's close. I think I don't think he gets the next title shot. I think he he has a little bit of work to do. I think he maybe one more fight, and I think he's he's there. But. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's great. I think he's going to be a future champion. I don't know if it'll happen this year. I think I think he needs to have a title fight and lose it and come back and win it. I don't think he's going to win his first his first shot. I mean, what was the vibe post-fight, like in the pressure? It was Did it seem like he's really getting ready for like a big fight now? Is it Because, I mean, I'm looking at the light heavyweight rankings. It's not it, – I won't say it's shallow because there is some talent there, but – there's definitely an opportunity for Hill to get a big name, like a Dominic Reyes type up next and really kind of announce himself in a potential, I guess, number one contender, like you were mentioning fight. I mean, I think probably closer to one fight than two away from really having himself in the mix. Yeah. He seemed, um, he didn't seem like he was rushed. Like he didn't seem like he's like, it's my turn. It's I deserve Mm -hmm. it. You know, he wasn't like that. He definitely seemed like um, he was going to be patient and be, you know, what, what it takes to get there. He didn't. Yeah. He didn't feel, I didn't feel rushed from him. It didn't feel like he was um, not to say that. I don't think he, he, I'm sure he feels like he's ready, but Mm -hmm. he's not, he didn't seem like he was pushing it. He also had his son there, which was a freaking adorable. Um, And a lot of he's like 13, right? 13 around that seemed around like Mm -hmm. 13, 14, but just so shy. He was so cute. Um, And I think that like, as, as cute as that was, I think that maybe he wasn't as, animated as he might have been if he wasn't there maybe but he just mm-hmm. he seemed calm yeah yeah the light heavyweight division is in a weird spot uh just overall because before john jones came that was like the best division in the ufc just the amount of killers that were in that division loyal machida shogun rua uh john jones came by cleaned the division out twice over basically uh and now he's kind of he's kind of uh out of the division and possibly going to heavyweight which actually uh, good segue into the next topic. Uh, John Jones police footage got released. Uh, who knows what that really means? Cause yeah. it's something that already happened in the past. Is he going to fight in the UFC? Is he going to fight? Is he going to fight in the heavyweight division? Is he going back to light heavyweight? Uh, he was in the news today. So any general thoughts about uh, John Jones, I will say um, I'm not a John Jones fan. Used to be a massive John Jones fan. I think we hinted at this last week. He's done, it's okay for some people to get a second chance. He's gotten a second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth chance. Like he's, in my opinion, I have no interest in watching him fight, but it seems like the UFC is probably still going to let him fight. Is he going to come back to the heavyweight or is he going to come back to late heavyweight? Is he going to go to heavyweight? General thoughts about John Jones, guys, since uh, he was in the news today. Uh, Reed, I'm going to start with you. I've been starting with Amy. Go ahead. Any general thoughts about John Jones? Yeah, I, I wouldn't call myself like a John Jones stan. I'm not a particularly, you know, high on him. I... Again, he's been so out of UFC action that I'm just like not really like to me, this isn't like a it's not like he was injured. And this is like a comeback story. This is a guy who is like willingly right. pulled himself out of competition. So this is just another distraction, another newsy thing. I mean, I know me and you talk every day and you know how much I hate like newsy topics. Like I'm more into like what's actually going on. And like, again, I'd rather talk about what's going on in the UFC than John Jones police footage. You know what I mean? Like this just seems like another distraction. I personally don't really see a need for him anymore. I get he would sell tickets, so it's above me. But if he wants to face Francis Ngannou, sure, I'll bet on Francis Ngannou. But I imagine this isn't going to be addressed like by him being released by the UFC or anything. I imagine the show will go on and he will eventually fight in the heavyweight division. But I just like don't really care for, you know, like 
everything I'm going to say, like, is like, it is like, it's terrible and you know, whatever. But when it comes to like UFC, I also just don't really care for John Jones either at this point. Yeah. I think every antic is going to just lose him more and more fans and that's going to give him less buying power. I mean, granted, there will be people who will tune in to watch him get knocked out, depending on who it is. That's of course, the knocking out. So maybe he's maybe that's what he's thinking. I don't know. He seems like he's you know he's tweeting and deleting a lot. Um, he seems Classic. the type to um, tweet for sympathy and then maybe not get it and delete it when he realizes he's not getting what he wanted. I don't know. I mean, I think everybody knows my history with John Jones, so I will say it politely that I don't care. Well said. <laughs> I'll be a little bit more harsh. Sean Jones, you're a bum. Uh, <laughs> moving on, though, because I do want to talk about a fighter who has been kind of out of uh, a little bit in the background, kind of retired, maybe. He was at the fight card this past weekend, though. Habib Nurmagomedov, he was there cage side with Dana White. Uh, Amy, you were there. Do you know why Habib was there? Do you have any, any information you can fill us in on for that? Yes, actually, um, when I was in Miami for Khabib's fight card a few last month, I don't even know, less track of time, a few weeks ago, he mentioned that he was, um, so I had originally I had asked him about advice if he wanted, or he had sought some advice from Dana White. And he said, no, he didn't need any advice. You know, he was going to learn all on his own. Then I went back to Vegas, asked Dana, has Khabib reached out to you. Would you give him advice? And Dana said he would let him learn the hard way, kind of like a jab at him. Like, <laughs> you think you know what you, you know, what you're doing? All fine. I'll let you do what you're doing. So I went back to the fights, asked him after the fight card. I said, what was the hardest part of being a promoter? Cause he seemed like you were pretty confident. And he said, everything. I need Dana's help. I'm going to go fly out to Vegas. We're going to have a meeting. I'm going to be humble and ask him for advice. So that's what he was there for. That was like a full circle from beginning to end. Yeah. Um, So that's what he was there for, meeting with Dana, um, talking about advice for Eagle FC. And and totally off topic, but Eagle FC is amazing. Their first card was great. The pacing was was great. I can't wait for their next card. It was a really good product. So if he gets advice from Dana after that and makes it even better, I don't know. I'm honestly – no, I'm just shocked Dana was, you know, so interested. I know him and – Khabib, they have like a good relationship by all accounts, but I'm just shocked he was so like willing to, I guess, mentor him, I guess, and like a, com- a potential competitor. Maybe he doesn't even see him as that. Yeah, I don't think he sees him as a competitor. Yeah. I think I think basically the way, I think part of it is because of the fights Khabib's putting on now are former UFC fighters. So he's mm. sort of getting the tail end or the beginning stages. So it's sort of like a retirement slash preschool <laughs> for fighters. <laughs> <laughs> You're either starting your career and then the UFC sees you or you're ending your career. But either way, I think the product is really good and the fights were great and the production was great. So it, it's not going to be necessarily a, comp, a competitor of the UFC, but it's definitely a good product. And I don't think that Eagle wants to be a competitor of the UFC. I think they want to be their own thing. Definitely. I think probably Dana being willing to meet with Habib is probably a little bit like him thinking, huh, maybe if I talk to him about this, maybe I can sneak in <laughs> convincing him to come back and fight again. So there probably is a, uh, a little bit of that. And that's why uh, Dana was willing to talk to him. There uh, was also a rumor. Sorry to interrupt you. There was a rumor. No, go ahead. That, and I don't know how valid this rumor is, that Khabib was going to promote a fight between him and, or not a fight, a match between him and GSP grappling Ooh. on a Eagle fight card. Doesn't sound legitimate to me. It sounds really crazy, but I, at the same time, I also wonder maybe that's what he's talking with Dana about because that would be something that Dana, I think, would have to agree with for GSP because I believe he's still under contract with the UFC. But if that were to happen, that would be that would do massive numbers, even yeah. if it was just a grappling match, right? And that could be a co co promoted type thing, kind of like mm-hmm. how Connor and Floyd was. That was a, a, a super fight that never really had a lot of legs to it. But I think if GSP and uh, Habib fought and it was like a catchweight fight, and if they did fight, even though GSP is obviously uh, a little bit past his prime at this point, but uh, the GOAT conversation is always a big argument. Obviously, we can get into that in another show. But if they did fight, whoever won that fight, I was willing, I was prepared to call them the GOAT and stick to that uh, for the rest of my life. But the fight never came to fruition, unfortunately. But uh, I'd love to see them grapple. I think that'd be great. 
we do we are going to get to the draft in a few more minutes just a couple quick last things because like i said we have no guests today so we have a little bit extra time to burn here uh bellator title fight this weekend uh gaygard musasi against austin vanderford um i did look up some odds on this the consensus odds does have gaygard musasi minus 250 favorites or so pretty heavy favorite former ufc fighter as a well i still am a big fan of gaygard musasi he should win this fight uh, Amy, any thoughts on this? You're you're kind of plugged in more to, to 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 Bellator and these other promotions. Any thoughts on this title fight this weekend? Yeah, I think that um, the odds seem correct in the sense of like that's how I figured people would be betting, but I think people are sleeping on Austin because of his wife. His wife is Paige Van Zant, and that's sort of how he became known was as Mister Van Zant. He always did interviews where okay. people ask him about that. Mm-hmm. He would say, why would I not like that name? He, she's my wife. Like, you know, he's always been really open to being linked to her. Obviously, that's his wife. Why wouldn't he want to be linked to her? But I think that the people are sleeping on him because of that, because he's a really good fighter. He got there for a reason. I think I love watching him fight. I think he's a really nice person. He just he would be a great champion. And I think, yeah, I think he's getting a little bit of a bad rap because of being associated with Paige. And I think that's silly because that has nothing to do with how he fights in the cage. So if it were me, I would be putting money on Austin. Okay. I couple thoughts. Number one, I didn't know that was him until you said that. I thought he was a lighter weight class for some reason. I thought he was like lightweight or featherweight. Um, he is an undefeated 11 and 0 in the UFC, but I do think generally the Bellator guys, I, I think, uh, sorry, 11 0 in the UFC, uh, in, in MMA, sorry. Yeah. Um, I think what I was going to say is I think that uh, former UFC fighters who fight in Bellator get overvalued because a lot of people just assume, oh, they fought in the UFC. They're good in the UFC. They're going to be way better than all these Bellator guys. Hasn't been true if you look at the history of guys who've gone over from UFC to Bellator. I remember Benson Henderson lost his first few fights in Bellator, at least his first fight. Uh, Rory McDonald didn't quite have the uh, success that people uh, thought that he would in Bellator. Um and then guys who came from Bellator to the UFC had a ton of success. Uh, Eddie Alvarez, Mike Chandler. Um, so I think these UFC guys get a little bit overvalued when they go to Bellator. So, um, I mean, I haven't sat down and watched any of Austin Vanderford's fights, but just based on that, generally, when it's a former UFC guy against a guy who's never fought in the UFC but has been a Bellator guy, I usually lean towards the Bellator guys because they, they do have a little bit of betting value, I think, just because of the incorrect public perception about the UFC. 100%. Uh, like I said, 11 and 0 in the U and not in the UFC, 11 and 0 as a professional mixed martial artist and 5 and 0 in Bellator. Uh, his last win came against Fabian Edwards back in May uh, of last year. Last uh, topic here Triller just bought a uh, bare knuckle fighting. Any general thoughts on this whatsoever before we get in the draft? I've watched highlights of the bare knuckle boxing their last card. I think this past weekend, Chad Mendez knocked a guy out. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not too familiar with the promotion. Any thoughts on this at all? Is is, is bare knuckle boxing going to be a big thing now that Triller has bought it? I feel like if we had somebody that could queue up circus music right now, that would be the best. Yeah. Type of <laughs> I think it's right. just going to be bananas. Like I, I, I was talking to our boxing writer and we were comparing the two promotions a few, a few days ago before we knew they were buying each other out. And it was just super weird that we're like, Oh, then like three days later, it's like when Google gives you an ad for something you were talking about. That's what I right. like. Um, yeah. Well, this is what Mike Perry was in. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Anyway. That's what Mike Perry did this past weekend. Right. Yes. Also? Yes. yes. And Paige Van Zandt. Speaking of Paige Van Zandt. Yeah. 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 Yep. I mean, it could be it could be good for um, bare knuckle in the sense of maybe they'll get a little bit more. The show will be a little bit more. I don't know if fun's the right word, but like there might be a little bit more oomph to their show. I don't really watch it to be honest. I don't. I don't know. I just there's so much fighting to watch as it is. It's like if I have a free night where I'm not already watching MMA, if it's on. And there usually there's an MMA fight. I'm not going to watch it. And then if I if there's no MMA fight, I don't want to be watching fights. I want to just like watch Survivor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. No, getting these like Survivor. No, are you still, hold on. Are you still watching hey, Survivor? So just, my son and I just started season 152 started. of Survivor. Let's go. Just I know started. many people who watch Survivor. Survivor is still very popular. We just started. I watched Survivor like I watched OG Survivor back in the day, but I like I every time I see that it's still on, I'm shocked. Like I was like a child when I was watching like the first few seasons. Of we stumbled across a season on Netflix and got hooked, and now we're like bouncing. We have like a list that's in order of the best 
seasons. So we're bouncing around and watching them all in order. Addicted. I, I'm like, when, as soon as this is over, I'm going to turn it back on. Oh, so you were late to the Survivor game. Yeah, I just started watching like three weeks ago, maybe. Oh, so that makes sense. Like so that, but like, I know many people that have watched for like years and like are still like swear by it. Yeah. Shout, shout out my buddy, Josh Daniels, who watched like, I think from the first couple seasons and he still watches it now. So like live, he, uh, watched, those people on, certainly he watched live on TV. Yeah. Wow. Good for Josh. Crazy. <laughs> Wild. Shout out Josh Daniels. Um, all right. Are you two ready? Are you too ready to draft? I am, of course, ready to draft. Putting my two Amy, time. we got we got to beat Reed. We cannot let Reed's time title on the line. I'm so nervous for this week. I I, I am too. I didn't have yeah. I've, I'm on this is I'm still vacation brain. So maybe it'll actually help because I've had two losing weeks in a row. Uh, so for those of you who are new, this is a this is how we give it our picks here. A little snake draft format. Uh, so we are each going to have, or did we decide, are we doing main card as well in the first round? Yeah, I think we're just going to do the whole card this one. Yeah, I think so the whole card is available at any point, three rounds, it is snake draft, so whoever first picks first, it'll go one, two, three, and then three, two, one, one, two, three. Uh, It is based on risking one unit, so you risk one unit on each fighter, whatever fighters, uh, whatever their odds are to win this week, all odds that we refer to are via WinBet Sportsbook, um, and then whoever comes out with the best record and is up the most units uh, after the fight card wins. So Reed is now two and zero in these fight in these fight bet drafts, uh, and the winner gets to choose the draft order the following week. So Reed, are you last week you wanted you to stick to the same order? Are you sticking the same order again, or where? What are you doing? Yeah, you know I'm going to stick to the same order. No, no need to change it up. Uh, so it will be myself. Uh, Amy and then Ian, you'll get picks three and four and then back around the other way. So I'm just pulling up the odds. So I make sure I'm speaking live, but with my first pick, I'm going to go with, so let me start with some strategy. Um, (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I I think that this card is really tricky. I think that there, I I have like my wish list, like my draft board uh, on my piece of paper right here. A lot of dogs, a lot of underdogs, a few, favorites i'm not necessarily confident in not i wouldn't say i'm overly confident in any of my underdogs i'm just trying to look for some betting value which takes me to pick number one which is ramona pasquale i believe i said that right she's a plus 170 underdog against josina nunez so it's pasquale it's nunez's or pasquale's debut against nunez this is why I'm taking her. Nunez is actually moving up on short notice to featherweight, if I'm not mistaken. And she has a ton of power, but she also pushes such a heavy pace that if Pasquale is able, as the bigger fighter at the heavier weight class, if she's able to withstand some early action from Nunez, who got a crazy first round knockout, I think Pasquale is going to be able to uh, take over in the later rounds. It's not the best pick for a round one. I know round one, you're trying to get like slam dunk. We want this, but I like to have plus one seventy because I'm pretty confident in it. And I also, yeah, I just he think really none- hates your pick. He's, he's just stormed yeah. out. Of <laughs> <laughs> uh, neither fighter has really fought any competition. So again, plus one seventy, I'll take a shot on the underdog here at the correct weight class. So give me Ramona Pasquale plus one seventy round one. Let's see if we can keep the heater going. Yeah, that pick disgusted me so much. Yeah. I had to leave for a second. I had to catch my breath. Uh, no, I just needed another beer. Uh, I was listening to you, though. I got my AirPods on. I, I, I could listen to your reasoning. Um, I have thoughts on that, but I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold them for now. Amy, do you have any thoughts on, on that pick? On that pick? No, I think it's a good one. I think anytime there's like a, a change in a weight class or a, la- a short notice opponent, there's always a good, a good place to, to bet on an underdog, I believe. I think that's a I think that's a wild first overall pick because I like first overall pick in my opinion you want to take someone who you think someone else is going to pick. I don't I, I don't know I what Amy's no draft board is like, but I I, I I have no feel for this board this week. I really I'm not sure where, especially because the main event is so lopsided, and I'm sure we're going to talk about that at some point. But because there's such a heavy favorite there and such a heavy underdog, I'm not really sure where the, you know, there's going to be some popularity or anything. So Got it. I just wanted to go with what I was feeling, but it, ultimately All I right. have more feel this week. All right. I like it. Amy, uh, you're up pick uh, second overall pick. Before I pick, can you update me? I want to make sure I have the current odds. What yes. is, what are the odds for McKinney and uh, Zion? I don't know. So Terrence McKinney is plus one Oh five, small underdog. And don't Farah do this to me, Amy. 
Ziam is minus one twenty-five. I'm doing it to you. Don't <laughs> do it to me. Well, I don't know who you're going to take because I think that this is a, a real. Obviously, the odds are there, but I think this is. A, I thought an interesting this was going to be one-one. I thought this was going to be the first overall pick, and this is why I'm I'm upset that I'm picking third because I know which which way Amy's going. Go ahead, Terrence Amy. McKinney. Do it. Stab me in the heart, Terrence McKinney. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so stupid not to bet on Terrence McKinney, especially when he's the underdog. He's so good. So good. <laughs> just, I mean, it's just silly. That's it. This fight's been backed up a little bit, right? Mm, I think I this know. fight's been pushed back a little bit. But McKinney's last fight was when he knocked out Matt Favola, right? Yes, I think so. Okay. Yeah, so this this is who I thought was going to be the first overall pick because I it just seems so obvious to me because the snake draft format kind of favors – underdogs it's kind of a, a good idea to at least mix in a couple underdogs he's easily the best underdog on the board in my opinion four straight first round finishes his only fight in the ufc his first fight in the ufc was a sec- seven second knockout frez ziam 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 who know. knows um also newcomer to the ufc he's had two fights i think they're both by decision i think they're both wins i think both by decision at least one of them were so two guys very early in their ufc careers too this is a under, I don't want to say underrated, but sneaky the fight that I'm kind of looking yeah. forward to most in terms of storyline because they're the, like both of these fighters could be contenders in a couple of years. And this is like one of those times where like two contenders are meeting each other like very early in their careers. Kind of like, like remember when like Max Holloway fought Conor McGregor like way early in the two of their careers? Maybe not to that extent because we're talking about two like all time champions. But I think this is a, a sneaky fight between two guys who, like, in five years' time, we're going to be like, whoa, remember when these two guys fought, like, in their second and third fight in the UFC? So I was going to go Terrence McKinney. If I picked first overall, he was going to be my pick. I think it's a good pick, Amy. I think he's the best underdog on the board. And, I, and I'm so shocked that they're so far down the card. Like, I could Especially understand. Especially on this card. Yeah, like, I, yeah. I mean, main card for sure on this card, but I could see where maybe they'd put them on, the like, the feature prelim. But they're not even the feature prelim. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. crazy. It's insane. Crazy. Um, okay, that makes my uh, next two picks a little bit easier then. Um, I am going to start off with uh, Misha Sirkinov. On my Sirkinov. board. Sirkinov. He was on my board. Minus 120 against Wellington Terman. First of all, how is Wellington Terman not um, a golfer? I don't know if I've ever heard a guy who sounds more like a golfer before in my life. Wellington Terman. How do you, he sounds English. I think he's like Brazilian. Yeah, he sounds. Too. I think he's Brazilian, but he sounds like an English dip, diplomat in like the 1900s. Like he was right in the board. He was in the he was in the discussion with like Winston Churchill. Like, you know, <laughs> I, like don't, he, I don't want to. I don't want to chirp this guy's name too much. But yeah, <laughs> no, no, he do definitely do sounds English. Do it. I was just and definitely sounds just like talking to him right now. I sent him a, a picture of us talking, and I said I'm on a live show right now, just to Wellington right now. So yeah. it sounds like he yeah, should be in British Parliament or like a PGA. <laughs> yeah, there we go. He's in the Harris English. Today Harris English golfing he against Wellington Terman. Um, yeah, yeah, I thought he was because Reed. I think when we did our our yeah. kind of our our rough draft there like a month or so ago, month and a half, I think he was on that card and we talked about him. Got uh, but I'm going to take Misha Sirkinov. I believe minus one twenty or his odds, slight favorite here. I think he's being undervalued because of his recent record, two and five in his last seven fights. But he's been fighting the best guys in the division: Glover, Ozdemir, uh, Johnny Walker. I think this is a big step up in competition for Terman. I think. This is kind of a get-right fight for Sirkinov. This is the kind of fight that Johnny Walker needs to have, in my opinion. Just a little bit of an easier guy. He's been going through the gauntlet lately. Give him a little bit of a a tune-up to kind of get his confidence back. So I'm going Misha Sirkinov, minus 120 for my first overall pick. Um, And because the snake draft is back to me. So while you're looking in, I have a question, Amy, because Sirkinov in his last fight was – if I'm not mistaken, his first at middleweight, correct? I think this one is his first at middleweight. Maybe the okay, last, maybe so, it, I could wait, be wrong about that. Cutting down, did he? I don't know if he spoke at media day, but did he mention anything about the weight cut and you know getting down to um, the smaller will, weight cuts? I will get to that. Okay, because Ooh. this was this was one I was actually looking at taking Sirkinov as my first pick, and the change in weight class is what ended up keeping me off of it because I wasn't sure how that would go. This is his second fight in middleweight. Okay, he he lost, he lost via he lost via split decision to Christoph Jocko yeah. in his middleweight deb- debut. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm curious how that, this will go for him because I 
I lean, I lean towards him as well, but I want to see him on Friday morning before I place a bet or anything. Also, shout out Misha, fellow Canadian, resides <laughs> in Toronto. Originally born in Latvia, but uh, is Canadian as well. So uh, shout out my fellow Canadian. I will back him with my first pick. My second pick, going to go with an underdog here. Going to go uh, on the main card. Going to go Armin Petrosian. There's two also Armins in the main card. I'm taking uh, the one who's the underdog, the plus 140 underdog, Armin mm-hmm. Petrosian against Gregory Rodriguez. Uh, UFC debut, um, but he did look fantastic in his uh, Dana White Contender Series fight. He got a knockout, I think, by like spinning hook kick or something like that, some crazy knockout. He has six wins as a professional, all six are by knockouts. It is his UFC debut, the UFC debut, which is makes me a little nervous. And he only has six professional fights. Seems like a little, might be a little bit early to get into a UFC career. Usually I'd like to see guys reach double digit fights before they reach the UFC, but six wins, six knockouts look fantastic. And in, in Dana White contender series fight, I'll take him as a plus plus one forty underdog. Uh, smaller cage is going to help these uh, knockout artists and uh, I'll hope for the best. So Armin Petrosian plus one forty. any opinions on that? I agree. I That was one of my other picks. Probably should have been my first pick, but like you said, the concerns are pretty clear there, uh, but we'll see. I like the pick, though. All right. If no additional my thoughts, friend. Amy, your second pick. Okay, so my second pick is Wellington. Here we go. Uh, Ooh, going head to head. I, I, like when, I like when we get Amy's insight and going against us because she's actually there, so she has more insight than we do. I like enjoy it, even if it's against me. I, I feel like I'm she, really had, wrong, she holds but... back like relevant information until the draft. Yeah. So um, here's what happened in media day today. Uh oh. Let me get Misha. wait. Let me get my. Let me get my. Yeah, get up. your tea. Oh, just, yeah, you. just I'm let me let me get ready to play the bet. Nisha did not show up. Nobody mm. knew where he was Damn. for two hours. So mm. when a fighter goes missing, especially a fighter who's like cutting a lot of weight, makes me think they're already cutting weight, which makes me think mm, it's not good. It's not good. You're cutting that, that far out. It's not good. Also, you mentioned that Misha's former opponent was Glover Teixeira. Glover Teixeira is Wellington's coach. And at media oh. day today, somebody asked him if Glover had any insight to, to fighting him and Wellington said, yeah, we've got a secret. We know, we know there's this thing. <laughs> and then Glover goes, no, 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 no. no. He's just tipping pitches out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Starts waving his hand to Wellington and Wellington goes. So I think there's a little, I think people are underestimating Wellington. I think his last fight, he didn't look great because of the eye pokes. Um, that's but, right. Yeah, I, I I can't bet against Wellington either. So that, like, yeah, that makes me nervous. That makes me nervous. Hey, to be honest, I think his name I think his name deducts <laughs> <laughs> betting value from him. Yes. Um, but no, that uh, that's yeah, that's what I get for not being on Twitter all day, and not seeing any of that. But that's that's well, your nobody, advantage uh, over us, Amy. Is that, is that you see these missing. things? Nobody knows about him being missing. We just didn't didn't do his interview. But also oh, another okay. another thing to note is that uh, this is the first full camp that Wellington has had while living in the United States. Prior, he was living in in Curitiba, and so now he's out here living full time with Glover. And he's actually had two camps because he had a fight scheduled a few weeks ago that got put um, canceled. Yep. So he's been in fight camp for a long time, which could be good or could be bad. But this will be the first time that we're seeing like a full fledged full time with Glover and, and Wellington together. I will be betting on Wellington in the next 15 minutes. Whenever we yeah. get off the air. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I'm not as comfortable in my, my, my Misha Sirkinov play. Um, all right, Reed it's back to you. Your second and third and final picks. Okay. So a lot of stuff was taken off the board for me. So I'm definitely, again, I'm not so confident in this card, but yeah, we'll see. Um, another woman's fight that I'm interested in, I'm going to take another underdog, Priscilla Cochera. Cochera. Okay. So this maybe I'm galaxy braining this a little too much, but I think both fighters are pretty terrible. I'm not. I'm not pretty confident in either of them. But again, when I'm not confident, I'll take the underdog price. That being said, Jean Ji Yon Kim. She has a seven inch reach advantage, yet has not won a fight, and she's had a reach advantage in her last three fights. She hasn't won since 2019. So I think that Priscilla's going to be able – she's a busier fighter. She's maybe be able to win on the feet and throw some power strikes and knock Kim out. I think Kim's on her way out of the UFC. So 
maybe, I don't know, this line just seems a little too wide for me. I'll take a shot here, plus 145 underdog. Again, I'm not confident, so let's just go for it. Why not? The board didn't break my way. I misread the the psyche of the, the, the trio here. And then for my last pick, yeah, I'm going to go now, as I say that, I'm going to go with a favorite. From a betting perspective, I'm going to look to pair this person with another favorite on the card, which I'm, I'll have a best bets article out on bet side later this week. But I'm going to go with Jonathan Martinez, minus 225, I believe. Minus 225 favorite, Jonathan Martinez. He's facing Alejandro Perez, who has been inactive of sorts. Martinez has five-inch reach advantage, two-inch height av- advantage. I just think he's going to be able to win on the outside. He throws – he's a crisp, uh, much more crisper striker. I just think he has Perez covered. Maybe Perez gets this down to the mat and finishes him, but I don't know. I just don't see a path to victory. So, listen, if I strike out the two WMMA uh, underdogs, hopefully Martinez could at least get me on the board and I avo- avoid a sweep. Uh, I'd just like to say that I can personally guarantee something. Reed is not going 3-0 in these drafts. We are so <laughs> inside Reed's head. If I go 3-0 this week, Reed's all over the place today. He's picking, yeah, he's picking. I, I don't like this card. What, what are you really doing? I don't like this card. I love it. My confidence now, my confidence dipped after hearing about Misha, and now it's backed up. Because <laughs> uh, now my only opponent's Amy. Because Reed, Reed's got inside his own head. He's big-braining picks. He's all over the place. If um, I go 3-0 and this week, there has to be some sort of side bet here. Like a, a, I might need to parlay all three as like I like the a long can probably like let it rain. <laughs> <laughs> if you go three no, I'll I'll figure something out that I'll do. I'll I'll do okay. something for you if you go three no. I'll wear something stupid to the next UFC or something. Okay. Yes. Um, Let's do it. Actually, speaking of side bets, Reed, Reed, you stole me a six pack. By the way, speaking yes, of side bets, I, I don't remember what it's from, but uh, you stole some me sort of playoff bet, NFL playoff bet. Yes, I believe it was. Okay, Amy, do you have any additional thoughts? If not, go ahead with your final pick. No, I'm just so excited to say who my pick is. All right, let's hear it. I'm going all underdogs, I think, right? Okay. Oh, Bobby Green. Oh, he wants to go for the auto victory. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, if you take Bobby Green plus 550, no matter what happens between mine and Reed's picks, if he wins, you, you win. win the draft. I will win, like, forever. <laughs> you're up for two weeks yeah um big underdog yeah so i obviously i like the underdogs but i think that this card smells like an upset like i just feel it mm. um, i kind of know what you're saying I, yeah. I i feel that i know what you're saying maybe not this card, but i get the general aura of the card like there needs to be an ups like there's got to be something on this card that everyone's gonna go Oh my God, we slept on this card. And I feel like that's what it's going to be. And I think part of, you know, him today at media day, he, he, he felt a lot like how Jamal did last week in the sense of he was saying, everyone's sleeping on me. I've been here this whole time. I've been doing this this whole time. Why does everybody doubt me? And I just sort of got like this, like deja vu, like he's going to pull off a performance like that. And it's just going to be, I don't know. I think I just, I just feel it. I feel it. Every, all my picks are from my heart, for sure. But I just feel like there's just something about... Like, even when I'm, when I'm like, interviewing the fighters, I don't really pay attention to the odds and stuff. And, like, obviously, I know that Makachev is, like, oh, you know, and he's got Khabib in his corner and all this. But, like, so what? It's MMA. Anything can happen. And I just felt... I felt like when he walked in, I felt like this was his card, not Islam's card. He was owning it. I will Sean say... Card I, I will, Really strong draft out of Amy. I'm really proud. I will say a couple things about that pick. Um, people do forget Makichev is not undefeated in the UFC. It was a while ago. We got to go back to October 2015, but he lost via knockout to Adriano Mar- Martins, um, which if you haven't heard that name, I wouldn't be completely shocked. So, I mean, he lost by knockout to him. That was, you know, six, seven years ago, but he's not invincible. My main concern, obviously, in that fight, and it's obviously the narrative going in, is he should just be able to take Bobby Green down. Bobby Green down. Now, Bobby Green has a takedown defense of seventy-two percent. I just looked it up, which is a solid takedown defense. Um, But Dan Hooker, who uh, Makachev fought uh, fought in his last fight, had a takedown uh, defense of seventy-eight percent, and then was taken down and submitted in the first round. So it's also a short notice fight. A tall order for Bobby Green, but is it possible? I mean, I've seen I've seen bigger upsets. I've seen crazier things happen. So, well, think about Jorge Masvidal and uh, what's his face. <laughs> you know, ben what I'm about. 
<laughs> yes. Everyone was just like, oh, Ben will take it. That wasn't even that big. That was like half the price of this. Yeah. So I'll say, yeah. I, I won't, I don't think Bobby Green's going to win necessarily, but, you know, Ian hits on some very good points in terms of how this fight's going to go. I actually, you know, I saw some Makachev by decision, like plus 300. Like the odds makers are expecting Makachev to just roll Bobby Green over. And listen, I'm not saying Bobby Green's going to win this fight. I'm not saying that this is going to be like the upset of the century, but like Bobby Green's tough. Uh, Bobby Green, even against taking that, like I, the over under is two and a half. I'm probably going to be on the over. I think that this fight's going to drag out a little bit. Makachev, you know, Bobby Green's a professional. We were talking about Johnny Walker. He needs some tomato cans, some, you know, jobbers, all that stuff. Bobby Green is not that. He sent me on short notice with the intention of winning this fight. This isn't like a paycheck thing. He fought what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago? So I think Bobby Green's being a little disrespected by this line. That being said, I'm not betting on him. I don't think he's going to win. I just think that the fight may be more of a grind and less of like a absolute boat race. I think that Bobby Green may have a moment or two he can hang in the fight. I like, I kind of think Makachev wins by like a lopsided decision. I think that's how, if I were to forecast this fight. Yeah, and listen, I don't want to get too in-depth on betting terminology and things like that, but if you're talking about EV, expected value, I think there is some plus EV on Bobby Bobby Green at yeah. plus 550 if you're just talking strictly from a value perspective. Uh, but yeah, aggressive strategy, Amy. Bobby Green wins, you win the draft, just like that. No matter <laughs> what the outcome of any other fight on the card is, Bobby Green wins, you win the draft. Um, all right, I'm going to wrap things up here with my final pick. And I'm going against Reed. I was going to make this pick earlier, but with Reed on the other side with the first overall pick, I was like, I'll just wait till last. Uh, so I am, I actually had this on my board the entire time. Might be my favorite bet, my biggest safety bet. I was shocked Reed went with the opposite side, 1 1. Uh, Josiana Nunez, minus 215. Just give me a win on the board with this one. Shocking that Reed went on the other side, especially with the first overall pick. His draft was dead as soon as he selected that. With as soon as he selected Ramona Pasquale with his first overall pick, his draft was dead. Uh, Josiana yeah, Nunez could have waited. Probably could have waited on Ramona. Yeah, wild, wild <laughs> first overall pick. But hey, that's fine. We're gonna have a new champion next week. Uh, I will say uh, she is not related to Amanda Nunez. Um, I think I looked it up before, but I looked it up again just to be sure. But no, she's not related to Amanda Nunez. But her hands are probably as heavy as Amanda Nunez. Six yep. straight knockout wins coming off her debut, which she won via first round knockout, taking on a woman who's making her UFC debut and who has already lost via TKO in the past. So um, I'm going to bet on Nunez to win by KO as far as my personal bet, because I don't like laying minus 215 shoes. So uh, I haven't seen those prop odds out yet. When they do come out, I will bet Nunez to win via KO slash TKO. But for the sake of the draft, I will uh, – yeah, is it available somewhere? Uh, um, regardless, yeah, talking. look it up while I'm talking <laughs> here, Reed. For the sake of the draft, I will lay the minus 215 juice because um, I think that's an automatic win. Um, and I think that is uh, – I need to get a win on the board because I, I, I was reverse swept two weeks ago. I only went one and two last week, so I got to get a win on the board. This is easy pick. Josiana Nunez. Minus two fifteen. Nunez by KO is minus one ten. Uh, Pas- I would have liked to get plus money on that, to be honest. Pasquale either by KO or by decision plus four fifty. And listen, I gave my rationale as to why I think she has a chance. She just yeah. has to get out of that first round. I think after the first round, I mean, I've discussed on one of these shows before. Live betting in the UFC is very lucrative. I think if there's specific spots, I think yeah. Nunez outside of round one is potentially we're looking at closer to a pick'em fight. So this is kind of. I'm taking a stab on hopefully the right game or fight script, I should say, going my way and Pasquale being potentially alive. What's Nunez by decision? Do you have that there? Plus 500. I might have to sprinkle on that. I, I don't know. I, I was hoping to get plus money on her to win by KO and minus 110. Not sure, not sure if I'm a big fan of that. It's just but plus 200 to go the distance. If you think like, all right, it's just going to become like messy. Like just like both, both of them are tired. No, you have you have no dog in the fight. It's just uh, plus two hundred. Uh, yeah, just goes to, that's. Goes to I might have to rethink where I'm going to actually place my money, but I, I mean, I do like Nunez to win. So just for the sake of the draft, we don't do props or anything. That I'll eat. I'll eat the juice. So Nunez, Hosiana, Hosiana Nunez minus two fifteen. Draft is it. completed. Reed, do you have a picks there? Do you want to review our picks? You, I could uh, go through. So my board. 
the two-time defending champion, uh, Ramona Pasquale plus 170, uh, Priscilla Cacciara plus 145, mm-hmm. and Jonathan Martinez minus 225. Amy, who I personally think had the strongest draft, uh, went Terrence McKinney at plus 105, Wellington Terman plus 100, and Bobby Green at plus 550. A, a strong stab there. And then Ian, he went Misha Shurkinov at minus 120, Armin Petrosian at plus 140 and Josiana Nunez at minus 215. So there's the draft episode three of jab cross hook. Now, before we wrap things up completely, one fight we didn't talk about uh, that. I believe you have uh, something to mention on Amy is uh prelim card against Ramiz Brahimaj against Michael Gilmore. What do you got for us? Yeah. So I spoke to Michael Gilmore. Some of you guys might recognize him from the ultimate fighter. He, you know, he's had a little, Tough career. He hasn't been like this skyrocketing win, all these crazy wins in a row. He ha- he tends to go win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, which means he's due for a win. Because <laughs> at his record, he's gotten his loss, and now he's due for his win. Yeah, and I spoke to him. I think he's ready. I think he's feeling good. And um, here's what he had to say about placing a bet on him. I think uh, you should bet on me, uh, especially including me in a parlay because uh, I'm a big underdog this week, even bigger than I was last week um, with the opponent change. Um, I believe it's because his wins are by submissions and I have losses by submission. So adding me to your parlay is going to be a big uh, boost to your odds. Um, It's going to maximize your profit. And um, I'm walking out of there with my hand raised. So um, I put in the work this camp. And uh, it didn't matter the opponent. I'm coming in there with uh, the singular focus of, of getting my hand raised and getting that UFC win and starting uh, a win streak. And so, um, you know, bet on me while I'm the underdog so you can uh, make money. I'm betting on myself. Um, and uh, that's why you should bet on me this weekend. He's just so sweet. Yeah. And I like Plus his 270. I like his. Uh, you know, gambling, gambling perspective there. He really, cause sometimes it's as simple as that with UFC, you know, one guy gets a lot of submissions. This guy's been submitted before. Let's just say the other guy, he, you know, he's screwed. So I, I like his like reverse engineering of uh, why he's a big underdog. Yeah. And I think too, he mentioned um, something that I thought was kind of interesting was that he personally doesn't like to bet on female fights because female fights tend to be the harder ones to predict. And I just thought that was kind of cool. Like that perspective of from a fighter to not want to be able to not want to bet on the female fights because they are so much harder to predict because of the skill set. He said that there's, there's not, it's not as wide of a margin. You you know, the women are all kind of similar skill sets. So it's like you get these women and it's just harder to predict, which I thought was kind Mm. of cool. Looks like Reed's draft's got a boost from Mr. Gilmore. I wonder I wonder if we did a deep dive on how favorites did between men and women fights. I wonder how big of a difference it'd be. Um, something interesting that uh, we might look into here in the coming weeks. Yeah, definitely. Um, interesting that he said to add, add him in a parlay. I don't normally parlay fighters that are plus 270. Usually I do parlays yeah. uh, with big favorites. That's usually when you do a parlay. So for him to say, to say parlay him with something else... Uh, I don't know. We'll see about that. The fighter last week uh, who told us to bet on him, I believe uh, he lost, didn't he? Yeah. He lasted It was close, rounds. though, wasn't it? No, no. It wasn't close. <laughs> he I, thought he won, I thought he won a round. I thought, okay. <laughs> I mean, he, I'd have to look at the scorecards, but yeah, he, he, he lost the fight for sure. But he lasted the three rounds. He was tough. He definitely gained some fans. And I think that was really, really good experience for him. It was a short All right, so, Mike, too, so Michael Gilmore plus 270 uh, was our feature fighter here. So uh, best luck to him this weekend. And uh, out of respect for the show, I will be sprinkling on him. Am I going to add him in a parlay? I'll be honest, <laughs> Michael, probably not. But I, I will, out of respect, I will bet on you a plus 270. Uh, best luck with your fight uh, this weekend. Um, any final thoughts here? I'm going to go catch a, an Elton John concert uh, that I'm late to. So any, any final thoughts from, Are you from being YouTube? serious or are you being sarcastic? Cause that's cool. Yeah. That'd be right. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go see Elton. My girlfriend is taking me to Elton John. Yeah. I'm, I don't know any Elton John songs, but I'm going to go see him and check him out. He's a legend. Go see so. some Elton John. 
Yeah, that's cool. We'll, we'll recap the card next week with me probably coming out on top somehow. But no, go go see some Elton John. I'm cheering for myself or Amy because we need to. We can't let Reed do a three peat. So yes. um, the head gets bigger. You, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You you win a couple more of these in a row. We're not gonna be able to fit your face in the screen. Yeah, right? so we're gonna find a new host. Yeah, oh, I'm gonna yeah. need like the top, need the whole yeah. top for my for my head. It was just like you guys go below me. Uh, but next week is a big card though. UFC two seventy two two seventy two. I believe. Um, and I didn't mention this earlier, but anyone who's watching, like, subscribe, do whatever you're doing on the uh, platform that you're watching us on. Uh, share it with all your friends, um, and we will be back next week for UFC 272, massive card. Um, and I believe we will have a guest for that as well. So uh, thank you all for watching. Tune in next week. Like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, but best of luck with your bets this week, and enjoy the fights. Let us know See how you, you do too, if you bet. Yes. I want to know how you're doing. Yes. Comment. Let us know in the Everything. comments your yeah. picks. How you do? How you did on last week's card? All that stuff. Let us know in the comments, and uh, we'll show show next show.